You are watching CMS TV, and this is KK Fossa from the band Them. <laughs>and I of course am Chris Aiken and today I am joined by the mastermind of concept he has uh he's been I can't even believe it but for over 20 years now he has been doing uh this project called Avantasia which is just the the greatest thing as far as doing rock concepts go he has a brand new concept album out there called a paranormal evening with the moonflower society you also might remember him from another band named ed guy which we also love here uh of course he is toby Samet. toby how are you man i'm fine thank you for having me how are you doing Good, man. Great to talk to you once again, man. And it's always great when another Avantasia release comes because they are always so detailed and so thought-inspiring. And um, Paranormal Evening, another great release from you, man. Thank you very much. That's lovely to hear. I did my best. I, another attempt at conquering the world. Let's see if I fail again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Toby, let's dig into this thing, man. Um, uh, Paranormal Evening, it, to me, it's, it's, it's along the same lines of what you do, but it definitely has some new twists and turns in it. Um, so for you, you know, when you're putting these things together, do you write purposely trying to find new new avenues to approach or new themes to tackle? Not at all. I have to be honest. I have to be honest with you, and it's okay. probably going to be a disappointment for many people who think, oh, I have all these plans and visions and like a mad professor sitting in my laboratory and laughing fiendishly and, you know. <laughs> No, no. I, anything I, pretty much everything I do is, is an accident. It's, it's, it's all based on intuition. And I, it, it, may, um, it may sound weird because, uh, of course, when you sell your music, you cannot really claim that you're just doing it for yourself. But the truth is the, uh, the, the approach, the approach of work is really I'm doing it for myself. It's self-therapy. It's um, killing time. It's um, in case of the COVID lockdown stuff that was going on, of course, you know, when the world was hibernating, what are you going to do? You're sitting right. at home being locked in. I'm not a very social person anyway. I don't socialize much. But of course, 
you're locked in and you're, you're the world is hibernating. Everything is in dire straits. The music business is torn to pieces. You're at home and you everybody's, you know, abandoning plans and rescheduling stuff and, and canceling tours and all that stuff. So, um, you're on your own and you're writing music for yourself. And I don't really think too much about what I'm doing. Uh, and I don't make plans. I don't really start working on an album. Okay. This time, my concept is just writing songs in the key of F major. No, it's, it's just, I'm sitting there and I'm, it comes together. And when I feel happy and when I had a good day in my studio and I came up with a great song or a great arrangement, I'm happy. It's been a perfect day. It's self-therapy, hobby, um, all of that. I don't know about hobby. You know, you've got, you've got what, nine albums and, you know, one every two years. It's, it's certainly more than a hobby. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hobby and job and all that and, and profession and passion and, and um, um, calling, if you like. Um, it's, it's all of it in, in one thing. So it is a hobby and it's, it's weird. I know that I make a lot of people envious that this is still my hobby, uh, <laughs> but, but it is. It's like I feel like a, I feel like a, a seven-year-old uh, working on a toy train, um, you know, uh, 365 days a year and going to my basement and, okay, today we're going to put the train station over here, a little tree over there. It's like I'm modeling my own world and I don't feel – I. You know, as long as I can do this successfully, um, I can avoid growing up and joining the elbow world of the uh, of the adults, and and that's the biggest accomplishment you can achieve in in your life. I think. Sure, no question. Well, well, Toby, when you write this stuff, because obviously these are all concept records. Do you start with a song and then develop around it, or do you start with an idea and then write to the idea? Um, for this record, even though it's a concept record, and it's a, I would rather describe it as a theme record. It's like okay. more like a song cycle, um, more than a plot album. Because I have done those plot albums, but I have come to the conclusion and um, that when you're writing. Um, when you have a plot and you follow the plot and you want to explain the plot and you want to give people an idea what the plot is, you have to be more of a service provider than an artist. You are, um, you are bound to explain things and you're wasting, I'd say, about 80% of your lyrical power and capacity to explain as opposed to, to get things off your chest, let off steam, and put your own personality in there. You still have a bit of room to put your personality in there, but the plot takes up a huge part of it. And I wanted to, I had a plot in the back of my head for this record, and I developed it while I was all, already writing the first lyrics to the songs. But okay. at some point I said, okay, um, forget about the plot. Um, and, and let me just write 11 individual lyrics. Let me have the plot in the back of my, somewhere in the very back of my head. But, um, but let me write those individual lyrics, 11 poems. And I approached the album like um, a visit 
to a magic theater run by um, quirky uh, spiritual entities, characters that would drag the spectator into a different world, a bit like Alice in Wonderland. It was Alice in, in Tobyland, in a way, and, uh, or Toby in Tobyland, pretty much. Right. Um, so, and, um, and that gave me the possibility to, to paint 11 beautiful landscapes and pictures and put a lot of my personality in there and deal or process, process a lot of things that I was carrying around with me, things that I had to get off my chest. And that was a very, I think, a very fantastic art form. It was a, a very conceptual art form. And still it has that fairy tale approach in a way, but it gave me more freedom to, and it was very liberating to write that way. Sure. Certainly. Now, now with this one, with uh, paranormal evening, with the, with the moonflower society, you did, as you do most of the time, you, you have a ton of great guest vocalists with you, which I'm not even sure why you need, cause you're a pretty good vocalist yourself, but you. um, I, I, how how do these people all come in? I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of vocalists. And again, I go back to questioning you calling it a hobby. You know, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to be a hobby when you have 15 guest vocalists or whatever it is. But uh, tell me a little bit about how you go about approaching the vocalists. Do you approach them with a, a song in mind or do you just say, hey, I'm putting something together. Would you like to appear on it? Or how do they all come into the mix? It's a mix of all that. You know, um, uh, there is six singers on this record that I've worked with before that are stable mem members of the Avantasia family, I would say. Stable um, um, VIP members of the Moonfire Society, I would say. Eric Martin and Mr. Big and Jeff Tate and Michael Kiske of Halloween and uh, Ronnie Atkins, Jorn Landy, Bob Catley. Uh, they are people I've worked with before and I've worked with them because they've all inspired me a lot. They are heroes. Some of those people I've worked with for over 20 years now. Michael Kiske, for 23 years we've been working together. And um, I really appreciate what they can contribute to the, the world of Amtasia and my music. And um, they, they can pretty much cover so, such a wide range of characteristics vocally that they, they, are, they give me every possibility to look to the left and look to the right and write a very colorful album. And then sometimes uh, for this record, um, I, they gave me a lot of what I wanted to say, but sometimes you get to a point where you say, I need somebody else to do this. As, um, as for example, it was the case with Ralph Shapers, who had sung Gamma Ray and was Primal Fear singer. I had written that song um, or I was in the middle of writing that song, uh, The Wicked Rule the Night. And it reminded me a bit of Judas Priest's painkiller era, but okay. also a bit of that European power metal singer. And I wanted somebody who, who, can, who can wander between those two worlds. And I couldn't think of anybody better than, than Ralph Schiebers because he's amazing doing that. So I got in touch with him. I had his number. We had known each other for, uh, I would say, 20 years. Okay. And I sent him a text message and said, hey, Ralph, I have this song. Uh, you need to sing on it because nobody else will be able to do it the way you will be able to do it. And, um, and he did it. And with Floor Janssen and Nightwish, um, I, I knew that she was a fantastic singer. And she, of course, had caught my attention 
some time ago. We had always been moving in the same circles because her previous band, After Forever, had been produced by Sasha Pat, our right. producer and guitar player. <laughs> and Sasha confirmed what a great singer she is in the studio and what a great overall musician she is. And I loved her voice and I thought, oh, maybe we should work together. And I got in touch with her before I had her in mind for a specific song or before I had a song for her. I had a song called Misplaced Among the Angels that I thought would work well with her. I sent it to her. <laughs> she listened to it. And at first, she wasn't really overwhelmed. Okay. She said, it's a, it's a good song, but it's not exactly my range, I would say. Sure. Uh, she, she was very nice. She was very nice. And, and, but, and she was not like, I'm going to turn this down. Now she said, I'm not sure this is my range. I can try it. And I said, if you're not comfortable with it, um, let's forget about it. I'm going to write something else. And I wrote Kill the Pain Away uh, right for her. Uh, okay. It was tailor-made for her. And she sang the song and she returned the song to me. It was recorded in her own studio. And she also returned the other track that I originally had sent her um, with vocals on. And she said, oh, uh, I changed my mind. I listened to it a couple of times and actually I tried it and it works really well. That's so nice. there we were with two songs. So to answer your question, after 15 minutes of mumbo jumbo from my side here, <laughs> it's, uh, I want to say um, there is always an exception to the rule okay it's, a lot of what i do is based on intuition i don't think too much about it and then you get a feeling oh it has to be this singer or it has to be that singer Now, Toby, when you finish a record, you put it out, obviously, and then, you know, Avantage has obviously been, become a, a touring juggernaut, you know. It's definitely, it's definitely a bigger production than just, say, a, you know, a regular concert. So do you, do you, when you're putting the music together, do you think about how you're going to put it together in the, in the live setting, or, or do you, does that all come completely when it's all done? It comes completely when it's all done. I don't think about the life situation before because you can always, it would be limiting or limit, limiting mm. um, because you would limit yourself. You, you can always skip a song if it doesn't work live. You can always, you can always skip that. And uh, I don't want to have that limitation or feel that limitation that you say, oh, I won't do. I know some bands, they sit down and see what they can play as a four-piece band to make sure they don't record something they will not be able to pull off live. I don't work like that. First of all, I got 14 people on stage with me. There's yeah. hardly anything we cannot pull off live. 
It's we got backing singers. We got uh, a ten-fingered orchestra with Miro uh, Rodenberg on the keyboards. He's absolutely fantastic. He's the Hans Zimmer of heavy metal. He can do anything, even without using pre-recorded stuff. Okay. He can really do it with his samplers live. We have two of the best guitar players out of this business uh, with with uh, uh, Sasha Pett and Ollie Hartman. We have a real good band and we can, Felix is a drummer, he can play everything and he's, he can play the fastest stuff. He will be able to pull it off live. He doesn't need help in the studio. He doesn't need technology in the studio. He will go in and record that stuff and go on stage and play it live. Um, so um, we hardly feel any limits and limitations. So... Um, so I don't think about it. And if you have one song, as I said, that turns out to be a song that somehow doesn't work on stage, mm -hmm. well, then you just don't, you, you don't do it. You skip that song. It's my ninth Avantasia album. Uh, so that's nine hours of material. We rarely play shows that, that, um, that are nine hours long. <laughs> so we play long <laughs> shows, but we never really played a nine-hour show. <laughs> right <laughs> definitely well well toby um you know when you're in the middle of creating you know all the focus gets in on the creation you know you kind of i i've know a zillion musicians and you all kind of lock in on what you're doing and you know everything becomes oblivious to you other than the creation but for you specifically what do you have loftier goals past the creation like you know Obviously, a lot of people compare you to TSO, which, you know, I don't think that's necessarily realistic because TSO is, you know, a holiday themed thing. You are a, you are a, you know, different animal completely. But do you look across the pond and see, you know, the kind of things that they do, the annual touring, global events, that kind of thing, and seeing how your project has become so big, do you have those kind of goals? you know, for Avantasia, you know, long-term? Um, no, I really have a lot of respect for what they do. And obviously I know, and I'm aware of what they're doing because, you know, with Chris Caffrey and, sure. and, and, uh, and, and John Oliva and, you know, it's, it's like, uh, we know each other and we know, we know what the other one is doing. We have a lot of common mutual respect. Um, so I, I can only, take my head off to them and it's amazing what they do and it's amazing what they achieve pretty much uh, with the same thing like me with with a strange hobby with building model trains surrounding you know even my music is very christmas-ish it's not i don't have christmas as a lead theme but some of that music sounds like if you listen to something like moonflower society title track of the new album it has that charles dickens christmas movie feeling to it and i love that about tso uh, also, I would say TSO is a little more Christmas. I'm a little more Halloween. TSO sure. is a little more Lord of the Rings, high gloss, Disney maybe. I'm a little more Tim Burton, underground, the, <laughs> the ugly right. outsider. <laughs> uh, so we both have found our niche, even though admittingly their niche is a lot bigger in the U.S., um, than, than my, my, mine is a niche. You can't call what they are doing, you can't call a niche in right. the U.S. So um, I don't envy them and I don't want to copy it and I don't want to, I don't want to do what, what they do, but I have a lot of respect for But there is already a TSO 
mm-hmm. and it doesn't need anything. You know, it was really funny, I have to say, a little story. Prior to the last tour, there, uh, somebody, somebody behind the stage, uh, not behind the stage, but behind the scene, somebody from the, from the uh, booking agency or mm-hmm. uh, the business side of things, business end of things, brought in uh, a choreographer who, who was meant, who said, oh, maybe, maybe we can make Avantasia a little more high gloss, a little, a little more choreographed. Okay. And, um, and I said, okay, you know, I'm always open for suggestions and I want to be excited myself. So I said, okay, bring him in. Let's do something. Let's see what happens. And he came in and I think they wanted to push us a little bit in that direction. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the manager and the, it's my brainchild, sure. brainchild. And at some point I thought, this is not going to work. This is not our nature. We are, our shows are more rock and roll. Mm-hmm. TSO, it's great. It's, it's great with all the explosives and the show and the light. And <clears throat> it's a chore- choreographed show. And it's, it's amazing the way it is. But there is already a TSO. I don't want to be like that. I want to do my own stuff. And I want to be, um, we are a little more rock and roll. Right. And we, I think the magic of an Avantasia show is that the music is very conceptual and very epic. And it's a big thing. And it's, it's really mo- heart, heartwarming and moving and big and epic and breathtaking. But it's also, it's an Eric Martin that runs across sta- the stage or Jeff Tate that is mm-hmm. going here and there and you never know what happens next. And if we had explosives on stage, somebody of us would end up in hospital every <laughs> night. It would be somebody <laughs> else different every other night right. because it's not... We're not predictable. We're rock and roll. That's why I said, okay, no fireworks, no choreography. We have the music. We go on stage and then we rock and roll. And I'm happy with where we are. But again, I want to say a lot of respect. I have all the respect in the world for John Oliva and his bunch. They did an amazing job and I have nothing but respect. Absolutely, man. Well, nothing but respect for the new release from Avantasia as well. A Paranormal Evening with the Moonflower Society. And uh, Toby, thanks so much for joining me here on Chris Aiken Presents. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure for me. And thanks for spreading the word. Great heavy metal banter about the more modern bands of today? 
then you need to be checking out Talk To Me. That's right, you need to be doing it. Featuring the one, the only, well, maybe not either of those two, but uh, one of the bassists of Primer 55, Mr. Joshua Toomey, as well as yours truly, we dig deep into today's modern heavy metal world to bring you the best podcast in the goddamn game. So you should be watching. Get Talk To Me at YouTube.com NotFest or wherever you get your favorite audio podcasts. New episodes come out every Thursday in audio form and on Fridays on YouTube over there at NotFest. Make sure you are tuned in. Talk to me on NotFest.com. Subscribe today.